ಯಾವತ್ತುನಿರ್ಯತಸ್ತಸ್ಯರಜೋರೂಪಮದೃಶ್ಯತಾಪಶ್ಯತೆರಜೋಪ್ಯಸ್ಯದಾರಾಮ
महाक्षोभ्यं सुपर्णेन हृतोरगम रामेण रहितं वेष्मी देह्या लक्ष्मणेन चथ गशब्दस्तु विलपन वसुधाधिप उवाच मृद मंदा वचनम दीनमस्वर कौसल्याहम शीघ्र राम नह्यन्यश्वासो हृदय से भविष्य ब्रुवंत राजदर्शिन कौसल्यायाग्रहतत्रुषयाचविवर्जिमहाराजोभुजमुद्यमीवान उच्चैस्वरेण प्राक्रोशधारा कालम जीविष्यंतिनरोत्तमाहपरिश्वजन्तोयेरामंद्रक्ष्यन्तिपुनरागतमथरात्र्यदशरथकौसल्यामिदमब्रवीत्नत्वांपश्यामिकौसल्येस
the king who was richly endowed with prudence as well as with piety and culture spoke to her as follows o kaikei of sinful resolve pray do not touch my limbs really i do not wish to see you you are neither my wedded wife nor my relation i am no longer the master of those who depend for their subsistence on you nor are they my servants any more i disown you who are solely devoted to your selfish ends and have forsaken virtue i hereby disclaim all the benefits that will accrue to me hereafter in this world and the next from the fact that i clasped your hand in marriage and took you round the fire with me if bharata gets delighted to receive the sovereignty free from hindrance let not that which he offers to me after my death by way of obsequial oblations intended for his departed ancestors reach me in the other world forthwith lifting up the king who was soiled with dust due to his having toppled down queen kausalya who had been emaciated through grief then returned to the palace with the king thinking deeply of his son shri rama asayana fraghu dasharatha of pious mind gave way to repentance for having sent him into exile under pressure from kaikeyi even as one is stung with remorse on having voluntarily killed a brahmana or on touching a blazing fire with one's own hand the appearance of the king who turning back again and again exerted himself to gaze on the path which the chariot of shri rama had taken did not look charming any more than the orb of the sun in eclipse thinking all the time of his beloved son shri rama he lamented stricken with agony as he was coming to know of his son having reached the outskirts of the city he then spoke as follows the marks of the hoofs of the excellent horses drawing the chariot of my celebrated son are no doubt seen on the road but that high-souled prince is no longer seen that jewel among my sons who having been smeared all over with sandal paste used to repose comfortably on cushions and pillows while being fanned by women possessed of great comeliness and adorned with costly jewels will surely lie down today at some unknown place at the foot of a tree resting his head on a block of wood or stone at the close of night he will rise from the bare ground in a wretched condition enveloped in dust and exhaling audibly like a leader of elephants rising from beside a spring undoubtedly people living in the forest will behold rama the protector of the world who is possessed of long arms rising from sleep in the forest and going forth like one forlorn that beloved daughter of janaka who is ever worthy of all kinds of amenities will surely walk today to the forest barefooted and therefore injured by treading on thorns unacquainted as she is with the woods she will doubtless be struck with fear to hear the deep and thrilling roar of beasts of prey having your wishes fulfilled o kaikeyi enjoy the kingdom as a widow i am unable to live without that tiger among men lamenting as aforesaid and surrounded on all sides by a multitude of men the king entered his excellent abode 
which was full of sorrow like one who has bathed on the death of a relation. Perceiving the entire city of Ayodhya with its crossroads and portals deserted and the sheds in front of shops where merchandise was spread closed, its people depressed in spirits, feeble and afflicted and its highways not very crowded, the king entered his palace wailing and thinking all the time of Sri Rama alone, even as the sun enters a cloud. Bereft of Sri Rama, Sita and Lakshmana, the palace looked like a big pool rendered imperturbable due to its snakes having been carried away by Garuda. The lamenting emperor then spoke to the porters in faltering, soft, pitiful and indistinct words, which were also not clearly intelligible as follows. Take me speedily to the apartments of Kausalya, the mother of Rama, for nowhere else will my heart find solace. The porters took the king, who was speaking as aforesaid, to the apartments of Kausalya, and there he was gently laid by them on a couch. The mind of the king, even though he had entered Kausalya's apartments and had been laid on a couch, continued to be restless. The king found the palace, which was bereft of his two sons and destitute of his daughter-in-law, devoid of charm as the sky without the moon and the stars. Looking at the palace and lifting up his arm, the powerful emperor cried in a loud voice, O Rama! Are you really deserting us both, your mother as well as myself? Alas, those jewels among men alone who will survive the term of Rama's exile and are eventually able to see him come back, clasping him to their bosom, will be really happy. Now, when the night arrived, the night which was, as it were, the night of dissolution for him, King Dasharatha spoke at midnight to Kausalya, as follows. Kausalya, I am unable to see you. Please touch me with your hand well. Having followed Rama, my sight has not yet returned. Perceiving the aforesaid monarch on the couch, who was thinking deeply all the time of Sri Rama alone and breathing hard with difficulty, and sitting by his side, the queen Kausalya, who wore a distressed look about her, began to wail. Thus ends Canto 42 in the Ayodhya Kanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.